this morning. Amen. He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. You know, I, I know there's things that in, in, in this day and time, there are things you go through, but you know, there are things that, as that song says, that you come against the lies and you come against things that aren't true. And you know, one of the things I was thinking about, you ever had things that something happened and, and it just starts, or, or you think something's going to happen or you think somebody's going to react a certain way and that kind of like builds up and builds up and builds up and, and then you go to it and it really doesn't happen. That's, I believe, part of what this song is talking about. There are lies, there are things that come against you that the enemy hits you with just to make you afraid and make you doubt, make you doubt what God can do in your life. And so we, we need to um, do what that song says. We need to come against the fear and the depression and the lies that the enemy puts against us and begin to do what God has called us to do and to stand up and be light in the midst of the darkness, be peace in the midst of chaos. Amen? We, we have to do that. And so I just pray for every person this morning that's going through, first of all, physical battle, and, but also that's going through mental battles. Things that come against you, thing that make you, things that make you fear and depressed and worried and full of doubt and full of fear and full of all these things. We just pray right now in Jesus' name that when you get your eyes focused on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, and God and who he is and who Jesus is and what he's done for you and what he has in store for you, that that's our focus. And we lift that up. We lift those in Afghanistan. And Father, I thank you that those, I read an, an, an article with the, um, or a report where there'll be thousands of them in church today, even though they're oppressed not to be. Amen. There, but there are thousands of them that be in church because they know to Jesus they've pushed through all that so father we lift them up to you today we lift them up to you we praise you father you give them peace and joy and understanding and protection father God and we thank you for that Lord we lift up every person within the sound of my voice and father we just thank you so much today for your many blessings upon us we give you all the praise, the glory, and honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. I want to do something before I start the sermon this morning. Some of the kids already have, but some of our children are starting school tomorrow. Some already have. And I want all the those who are in school, all the kids, if the parents have to come with them, that's fine. If you're in preschool, whatever. Come up this morning, and I want to pray for you. If you're at home, get in front of the get together and, and, and join hands and we're going to pray because you know there, there there's so many things and consequences and things that happen and things that are going to to be out but you know what we're, we're here with you guys we're here for you we're, we we love you we we praying for you and this this school year starts with so many obstacles that would keep you from doing that but you know what i'm praying that you'll take what the Lord has in you and become what you need to be in your schools. So 
if, if you, can y'all just join hands those I can and and um pray and I'd like for the teachers also to come if you're a teacher of any kind preschool kindergarten elementary school middle school high school 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 whatever college whatever just come up and I want to pray for you and uh, I um thank the Lord for what he is doing in our midst and how he is taking and 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 pulling together and you know there's new challenges that some of us have never really last year you had to face some and now unfortunately facing some again but you know what God hallelujah he's greater in you than the whole world amen so everybody that's out there stretch your hands out those at home we're, we're praying for you guys father I thank you in Jesus name for these young people and these children standing here, Father God, and, and these teachers, Lord, Father God, that you just give them wisdom and guidance and strength and let your spirit rise up in them like never before, Father. That they be what you've called them to be. And Lord, that they know that we're here and that we'll be strength. And I, I lift them up to you this morning. I thank you, Lord Jesus, that you lead them in the pathways that they need to be. And you lead these, these, these young people and these children, Lord, in the pathway that they need to be. And let them cling to you like never before. Let them realize in the midst of all this that you're, you're their, their solution. You're their, their strength and their guidance. And Father, we pray for that. We pray for their, all the blockades to be moved that they can learn like they're supposed to learn. And they rise up and be what you've called them to be. Lord, we pray for the, all the teachers and all the challenges that they have, Lord. That, Lord, they would be able to be Jesus in the midst of all this. And that they would have the strength and the wisdom and the guidance and the peace, Father God. To be what you've called them to be. So we thank you for that this morning, Lord. We praise you, Father. We thank you for all your many blessings. And we thank you for your word. And we thank you for your truth. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And Lord, we thank you, Lord, that when we push through and push up to you, you, you come and you fill us, Father. So I thank you and praise you, Father. And I pray for protection on them physically, mentally, spiritually, and in every way, Father God. Pray for their parents, Lord, that they have wisdom too. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You dismissed to your classes. You know, I, um, I was telling Peggy the other day, I, said, I kept trying to go somewhere else. Not was I was trying to go somewhere, but this subject kept coming up, and you know I've I've done this before in the past, but but it just cast all your care just kept coming to me and coming to me, and I had a couple of things that happened this week that just kind of like <sighs> you ever had anything like that, and you feel like Lord, but you know what? Then that's when I turned to God and I begin to pray and I let His peace overtake me. So we're talking about cast all your care. That ain't part of it. That ain't the part that you're willing to let go of. That's all of it. Amen. And I, I'm a, I got up here on a list of few things that are part of 
carry, it means cast all your worry, all your doubt, all your concern, all, all your fear, all your anxiety, and all your fret. My mom used to tell me, don't fret. Did you know something that's awesome about God's word? And not one time in the Bible that it says worry about it. Anybody ever read that? Worry about it. Or figure it out. But over and over and over it says trust God. Trust me. Trust God. You know there's over 140 different verses in scripture telling, telling us not to worry, not to be anxious, and not to be afraid. That's a lot, right? And, and, and nowhere does it say worry. So we're going to talk about casting our care this morning. We're going to go through some scriptures and some other parts. But 1 Peter 5, 7 in the New King James Version says, Casting all your care upon him, for he cares for you. In other words, he'll take that care. And he's telling us to do that. And the Amplified, it says, Casting the whole of your care, all of your anxieties, all of your worries, all of your care concerns, once and for all on him. Once and for all. For he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. In other words, he cares about you. He loves you. He, he loves you enough to care about you and to take those cares. And he's watching over you. You know, I think sometimes God's just waiting for us to just release stuff to him. And that's, um, sometimes we don't. But he's just waiting for us to release it. I think we need to have an understanding of what part we have in this relationship. And what part, one of the parts we have in this relationship with Christ is we have to open our mouths. We have to give it to him. He has no control over what you take and control it yourself. Right? You, you decide that you're going to take care of it. He will back off. The Bible says the Holy Spirit's a gentleman, right? He'll do all that he can. But if you continue to. And he can't really help you a lot. Um, was have a definition for care. Um, I don't know if it got in. Yeah, there it is. And this is the Baker. Baker is one who wrote a Bible handbook. And it says care. The word for care there is anxiety. Any affliction, difficulty, hardship, misfortune, trouble, or complicated circumstance that arises as a result of problems that develop in our lives. So care is, like I said, all these things, and we'll go over them, but it's anxiety. Any affliction, difficulty, hardship, misfortune, trouble, or complicated circumstances that arises as a result of problems that develop in our lives. So care is all those things. 
And that's why God said, cast all that on me. And anxiety. It's the first thing he said is anxiety. You know, um, one, of the, one of the Greek understanding of the Greek of that word anxiety is to have a divided mind or an anxious interest. A divided mind or an anxious interest. You know what an anxious interest, a divided mind, you know, is divided into two different things. Anxious interest is just kind of another way of explaining that. So this is what's here, but you have this anxious, this thing going on and you're real anxious about it. So it begins to pull away from your right way of thinking. Thinking like God wants you to think. You're, you're, you're so concerned about that. And, and I, you know, all these things are real, right? I understand that. But I also understand that we have to focus on Jesus and who he is and what his word says about us and about our situation. And, you know, a divided mind is, it's really um, an attempt to focus on too many things at one time, right? You know, we, we're good, at, and, I'm, I, and I'm good at that, bad at that, all at the same time is multitasking. All right, and we can multitask, and yes, you can. It's not always good to multitask. And what I mean is riding down the road, reading off your phone. That's not a good multitasking thing to me. Listen, I try to put my phone, phone out of sight, out of mind, and, and my, all my vehicles hook up to my phone. So if I do get a call, I can just push a button and talk and not. I see people going down the road. Oh my good gracious, get it out of your face. You know, just put it over there somewhere. It's, it's, I don't understand that. And, 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 you know, that can hurt not only you, but somebody else in more ways than one. So anxiety, it's a divided mind. It's, 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 it's um, a worry, a doubt, a fear. Webster defines it like this, a painful or apprehensive uneasiness of mind uneasiness of mind, usually over an anticipated or impending situation or a strong, fearful concern. Uneasiness over an anticipated or impending situation. As I said before, you know, you've had those times when you're like, um, You're anticipating something happening and you're anticipating the worst. And does that help you? No. Does that build you up? No. It only makes it worse. And what's really sometimes, you ever done that and you get that situation, everything's cool and it's like, I just did all that for nothing. I just worried myself. I just made myself sick. I just couldn't even couldn't even uh, communicate with people right. I couldn't even eat right. I couldn't do right. And for what reason? Nothing. That's when we got to learn to turn this over to him. And if it does go that way, you know what? You're stronger for it. And when you do, you just finally succumb and it just makes it worse. 
a fearful concern. George Mueller said this, the beginning of anxiety is the end of faith and the beginning of true faith is the end of anxiety. Wow. The beginning of anxiety is the end of faith. In other words, you quit trusting God. You think God can't handle this situation, so you just say, well, you know what? It's going to happen. This is going to be terrible. You know, whatever, whatever. It's kind of like, and nobody throw anything at me, but it's kind of like people that are really scared of bees. You know what I mean? Like a wasp. I usually just sit, I always learn if you just be still, they usually just fly around you and go on. Unless you're endangering them. But I know people, they see you being a woo, and they start running and flogging. And guess what happens when you do that? Did you know that most bees aren't aggressive? The most aggressive bee is a yellow jacket, they say, that we have around here. And they're just slap out mean. You know, one time we did, I think Mike was with, you there with us when the killer bees came. We were working on Pastor Isaac's church. And all of a sudden we heard all this noise and there's these ton of bees and they were like, run, get undercover. So all the ladies got to get in the van and us guys had to stand up under this cover. And these bees, and they said, whatever you do, don't run. You remember that? Whatever you do, don't run because if you do, they're coming after you. So we just stood in there for a little while, stood in there, and they finally congregated in this tree and made this big old, look like a nest. And then we slipped into the van and took off, went home. Were you there, Janice? Yeah, Janice was there. She got to go in the van because she was a lady. <laughs> but, but sometimes, you know, if you just be still. I have to tell this on my wife. The other afternoon, we had some friends over and they were leaving and I went in the house to go to, go to the bathroom and she was out on the front porch messing with her little ferns and flowers, her big ferns and flowers. And all of a sudden, I, and I thought, what is this noise? And she's just screaming. I'm like, what in the world? So I come out and I go there and she sees me and she goes, and comes to the door and goes to the door. She's, and there was a, it was just like a four or five foot black snake rolled up in one of her flower pots and she doesn't like snakes at all and um but you if and and our doorbell thing got the video but it didn't get the sound which i said you could have put that on facebook and had a million hits because it was pretty cool because at one point she went it was i might show you videos sometime not in public but but, but she was really, you know, like, whoa, because she, she doesn't like snakes. And she said she saw it the next day and it saw her and took off. I said, well, you probably like, there's that crazy woman. No. <laughs> oh, so we need to laugh in the midst of all this stuff. Did you know that anxiety does nothing to benefit our lives? fact it's detrimental anxiety is detrimental to your health and to your, your mental thinking and focusing I want to give you some things that anxiety takes away from us it steals, it steals our joy 
You ever had a lot of anxiety and be joyful at the same time? Probably not. It stills our contentment, being content, being peaceful, being satisfied. It stills your confidence. Takes away your confidence to do what you need to be doing. And then the last thing, it stills your ability to trust God. If all you're focusing on, if you got that anxiety and that part of, like I said, that divided mind, but you begin to focus on it and focus on it, then your trust in God just went out the window. Because you're trusting in that thing that you're anxious about. What's going to happen? First day of school, what's going to happen? First day of a new job, what's going to happen? I had some statistics and this is pretty, it's pretty good, cool to me to look at things like that and, and say, wow. So it's the average person's anxiety is about 40% on things that will never happen. Wow. 40%. Getting close to half on stuff that won't ever happen. You know, I, th I think I probably shared this years ago, but I used, at one time in my life, I had a fear of getting behind a log truck, you know, that carries the big logs or getting beside of it because I could just see a picture of that stuff rolling off and crushing my car. I don't have that anymore. I finally got, because I was like, this is crazy. Every time I get near one, I want to go another route. So I had to give, I had to cast that care on him and now I ride by him. They don't look real great because they look like they're not tied real good, but 30% on things that have happened in the past and cannot be changed. Things that happened in the past, guess what? There's nothing you can do to change it. The only thing you can do is go forward, right? And, and, and make the best out of what's coming down the road. But those things in the past, you know, you can't sit there and go, oh, if I'd have just done this, if I'd have just done that, if I'd have took this job, if I hadn't have quit this job, if I hadn't have done that, what? That does nothing but mess you up. 12% on criticism of others that are usually untrue. You ever had those people that talk about you, criticize you? You know, in my job, that hardly ever happens, but. And so many things are not true. It may be their perspective of it and they think it's true. And then 8%. Only 8% on real problems that have to be faced. 8%. That's a low percentage, right? Only 8% that they have anxiety about are things that will actually happen. So anxiety, that was the first part of that. Anxiety, things that you get anxious about and you just, you know, you anticipate something that's not really necessarily going to happen. I believe sometimes when you focus so much on that, you can cause that thing to happen that way because you begin to um, implode, right? You begin to kind of make it. You know, you are in yourself, you done decided. Say if you have an interview for a new job, just this is a, a random thing I know, but and you just so worried about it. when you get in there, they start asking you questions, and you just and you just implode. You just Blow it. And the next thing it said in it was worry. Worry. 
worry. Some things that worry steals, it steals your sunshine, your S-O-S-H-I-N-E. It steals your ability to let Jesus shine for you, in you, and through you when you worry. It steals your opportunities. <laughs> steals your vision. Worry will steal the vision that God has given you if you worry about how it's going to happen and if it's going to happen. No, you have to focus just on that vision and not worry about and then the last one, it steals your perspective. It steals the way you look at things, the way you look at your life, the way you look at what's going on in your life. When you begin to worry, you lose that perception. It gets skewed, it gets out of whack. It's out of focus. You can't see clearly. It's kind of like when you, when you need glasses and you put the glasses on, you know, before you put the glasses on, you can't see anything. You put them on, you're like, wow, okay, that's clear. Chuck Swindoll says this, worry pulls tomorrow's clouds over today's sunshine. When you start worrying about what's going to happen tomorrow and the sunshine, you begin to put gloom on what's happening today. Say something great has happened. I know people that they cannot allow them something good to happen in their life. I've known people that will, something's great's happening. Yeah, it's good today, but what's it going to be tomorrow? I know it's going to be bad tomorrow. Well, that's a bad outlook. That's a horrible outlook. Enjoy that great thing that's happening right now and say, praise God, I want to have this every day. But not like, oh, well. I know people that cannot allow anything to be good in their life because they want to destroy that with, well, you know, you better watch out. Don't get too excited because it might be bad tomorrow, next week. I'm going to enjoy it when I can. You know, some people tell some people I've had to just like, why, why do you want to be so happy? Why, why don't you just be real? I am real. I'm real about who God is in my life. And I'm real about I don't have to dwell on that. And I don't have to get down in that hole. You know, if you get down in a deep hole, guess what you got to do? You got to climb out. And if it's a deep, fresh hole, it's hard to climb out because you know what happens. That dirt just keeps going. You got to go... hard to climb out. There's an old Swedish proverb that says, worry often gives a small thing a big shadow. <laughs> if, you, if, if, the, if the light or the sun's focused on a small thing the right way, it'll be huge. So if you allow worry to be the focus on that thing, it can be bigger than it really was. You ever been kind of in a, in, a, in a dark or dust place and you kind of see something and you think, oh man, what is it? That's really, really big. And you get there and it's really nothing. Oh, that was just whatever. And this is a statement that I don't, it's an unknown statement I found. It says, worry is wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. Wasting today's time to clutter up tomorrow's opportunities with yesterday's troubles. So we got to not worry. And we're not designed to carry the burden of worry, fret, and anxiety. We're not designed that way. It doesn't work 
that way. It doesn't work good for you to carry that, to worry, to fret, to have anxiety all the time. You know, you can manage it for a little while, but eventually your mind, your mental, uh, your mental thinking, everything, and physically, you begin to break under that pressure. You can't take it on forever and just pound it on, pound it on. That's why the Bible talks so much about letting that worry go, giving it to him. You know, it's stress and that stress and pressure, it can, it can cause physical problems. A lot of sicknesses are caused by stress. Heart problems. And I know read that this is, um, this, this, was this was published in the Alzheimer's and Dementia Research. Listen to this. Worry is linked to increased dementia risk. And this is in, in the study of people aged over 55 published in Alzheimer's and dementia researchers found repetitive negative thinking, RNT, repetitive ne negative thinking is linked to subsequent cognitive decline as well as the deposition of harmful brain proteins linked to Alzheimer's. Wow. RNT, repetitive negative thinking. Have you ever been it's around somebody that has RNT? Everything's negative, everything's bad, everything's going to happen, right? Nothing good's ever going to happen. Uh, those of you who remember hee-haw, he rude despair and agony on me, deep dark depression, excessive misery. They say that. <laughs> And, 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 you know, basically, if that's not my life, then I don't have a life. That's what people think. Proverbs 12, 25 says this. Worry weighs a person down. An encouraging word cheers a person up. You know, people will tell something, you say something good happened. They say, well, you know, don't get too excited. No, thank God, encourage them. Encourage. There are things that I will not tell. I don't share. I don't tell some people a lot of things that's going on in my life because I don't want to hear the negativism. I don't want them to try to be a Debbie Downer on me. And it's not because I don't believe that it's real and it's happening. I do believe it's real and happening, but I believe I have a God that's greater than all that to give me strength to go through it. Amen. And he can heal and deliver me. Luke 12, 25 says, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. Luke 21, 34 says, watch out. Don't let your hearts be dulled by carousing and drunkenness and listen to this and by the words of life. Don't let the day catch you unaware. So it's, miss, it's missing, mixing Worriness is, is accounting worriness to carousing and drunkenness. It's all in the same thing. It's putting all that lump sum together. Well, I don't drink and I don't carouse around, but do you worry? I know some people are probably like, oh, I can't believe he's saying all that, but it's, I'm reading the scripture. 1 Peter 5, 7 in the Amplified says this, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, 
all your concerns once and for all on him. For he cares for you. I already read this once, but I want to read it again. He cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. So you throw all that on him because he does care for you. So we've talked about anxiety. We've talked about worry. And, and you know, um, we've, we've talked about how real this stuff is and how it affects you, right? How it affects your body, how it affects the way you think. I think how it affects your future, how it affects your present, and, it, and how it has affected your past. And then in here, it says the word cast. Casting the whole of your care. In other words, casting the whole thing. Don't just, oh, I'll give you this a little bit, Lord, and I'm going to keep this. It says casting the whole of your care. That word casting in the Greek means epi. It's, it means upon as on top of something. Rip to, that's the other part of it. To hurl, to throw, or to cast. To hurl, to throw, or to cast. Get rid of it. Cast it all on him. Give it to the Lord. Uh, the, in Luke 19, 35, when it's talking about casting the garment, it, it's a picture of flinging the garment, excess weight off the shoulders. Get rid, you know, the things you carry, it's, it's heavy. Yeah, I don't know if you remember the story Pilgrim's Progress and that there was a movie years ago out about it and it was really great and as he's climbing up the mountain he, keep, he keeps go, getting to a place he has to let something go and let something go and let something go so he can get higher and higher and higher but he can only go so high with the burdens that he had on him but as he began to fling them off fling them off he could get higher and higher and higher and that's us too. We can get closer and closer in him and higher and higher in, in him. This word cast, it often means to violently throw onto, fling something with great force. Don't just, you know, do like the baseball pitcher who's trying to throw it as fast as he can, throwing his fastball. He rears back and lets it go. So we need to cast, throw, fling, hurl, throw that thing as far as you can. You know, um, get it away from you. You know, if you, you've seen, I'm sure, movies where somebody throws a grenade and these people get it as fast as they can to try to get it away as far as they can get it. That's what you need to do with care with this worry, with this anxiety, with this doubt. You know, what we have to keep in mind through all this is that Jesus cares for us. Do you know that? Jesus cares for you. He loves us. That's why he said, give it to me, I'll take care of it. You know, when you got, when you got kids, don't you take care of their worries when they're concerned about something? You say, come here, let me tell you something. And, and then you let them know that you love them. And that you're caring for them. 
You know, most of them, especially when they're little, they don't think about, am I going to get fed today? You know, for the most part. You know what I'm saying? They know that mom and daddy's going to take care of them as much as they can, right? Jesus cares for us the same way. And this is a different word as far as care. It's not that he's worried and concerned, but this is that he cares for you. It's a different word. It's M-E-L-E-I. And it says to be concerned, to be thoughtful, to be interested, to be aware, to notice, or to give painful and meticulous attention. That's how much Jesus, he's, he, I mean, he, his attention is on us. He loves us just as we love, like I said, our, ki- our kids. And nothing's too small or insignificant for him. Whatever it is that you have in your life, it's not too small for him. Not too big, it's not too small. It, it, you know, things can be big to you, but we can give them to him, he'll take care of them. He doesn't look down and say, well, you know, that's just a petty thing. I ain't worried about that. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna help them in that situation. But he is. He does nothing. And as I said, you know, we can, we can, if we begin to turn it over to him, we begin to not try to take so much on ourselves and give it to him. We can begin to function like we need to function here on earth and function in the ministry and in the callings that he has on us all. We can begin to do that. We can begin to, to look to um, it's hard to function. It's hard to do what he's called you to do if you can't function. And if you continually worried about, you know, when God says, I know in my life and in, 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 here at the church, when God says, do this, I can't be concerned about where it's coming from. Because I know if God said to do it, he's going to provide Whatever it needs to be, the people, the, the, the money, the, the whatever it is, he's going to provide it, right? So I don't, I can't sweat about it. I can't worry about it. I can't just get down and like, oh, let's, let's have a worry session because this is what God wants us to do. And if he don't come through, we, I don't, I'm not concerned about that. If I know that God has said to do something, we do it no matter what. Just like in all the years we've been going to Nicaragua, when God said to do it, we would see how much it was and we'd be like, okay. It always has never not one time come in usually more and over what we needed to do it. And we always had the people that we need to help do it. So I want to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7 in the Amplified. I want you to really listen to this because it's really... It says, do not fret or have anxiety about anything. About what? Anything. Anything means anything. Nothing left out. So don't don't fret or have anxiety. But in every circumstance and in everything, by prayer and petition, definite request. I want to stop right there. Definite request. It's not, oh, Lord, just take care of this. No, whatever it is you need, you need to speak it out of your mouth. That particular thing. This is what I'm praying for, Lord. This is what I'm looking for, Lord. This is happening in my life or in my child's life or in my family's life. And I'm praying for this right now. This is the specific thing that I'm praying. I'm going to be definite about my request. 
with thanksgiving. Continue to make your wants known to God. And God's peace, God's peace shall be yours, that tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Jesus Christ. And so fearing nothing from God and being content with this earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace. In other words, having peace in the midst of all that. Having peace in the midst of whatever is going on. You know, some people, and see, the enemy loves to attack you. And when you have peace in a situation when most people think you shouldn't have, you ever... You do know there are people who think you shouldn't have peace and you shouldn't have it in certain situations? Well, you ought to be screaming and hollering and crying and worrying and fretting and screaming at everybody and mad at everybody because this is happening in your life. No. We can have peace. Not everybody will like that. Satan definitely doesn't like it. So he's going to make people not like it. Well, you shouldn't be that way. You should be, you, sh you just don't care. No, I believe God and I have peace. It says, the peace which transcends all understanding shall garrison and mount guard over your hearts and minds of Jesus Christ. So when we have this peace and allow this peace, it, it bypasses all understanding. You might not even, why do I have peace in this situation? Because this peace guards your heart and your mind. How? In Christ Jesus. I have peace. We need to learn to take all this right here, what it says, and apply it to our lives. We need to learn to have peace in any situation, in every situation. We need to learn to have peace. Because when we cast all our care on him, we can have peace. I want to read this is Rick Renner's rendition of this verse. He doesn't have a Bible, so I can't really say it's a translation, but it kind of is. It says, take that heavy burden or difficulty or challenge. So take that heavy burden, difficulty or challenge you are carrying. The one that has risen due to the circumstance that stances that have created hardship and struggles in your life. So take, take this stuff and fling those worries and anxieties over onto the back of the Lord. Let him carry them for you. So take all that stuff. And all this stuff has risen because of circumstances. Hardship or struggles or things that you're going through. But if we sling them on to God and say, you know what, Jesus, you take care of them. You show me the best way to get through this. You give me peace when I need peace. You give me joy. You give me happiness. You give me strength. And let him carry him. That's what he said to do. He wants to carry him for you. We just don't allow him. You ever been, you know, when somebody's like, got all this stuff and, and they're walking, you say, can I carry something? No, I got it, I got it. You know, sometimes you, you, when you're doing that, you end up dropping something. My granddaddy used to call that a lazy man's load. In other words, let somebody have a little bit of it. Let them help you out. And the rest of that is the Lord is extremely inter interested in every facet of your life, 
and is genuinely concerned about your welfare. He's interested. <laughs> See, we need to put our thoughts and our focus on God. I want to read this to you from the Association for Psychological Science. This was in actually August of 2010, which is how long has that been? 11 years ago? So there was a study done at the University of Toronto that was reported on in a magazine called Psychological Science. According to their research, the psychologists concluded that when faithful religious people thought about religion and God, their brains responded in a way that let them take setbacks in stride and react with less distress to anxiety, provoking mistakes. You focus on God, you focus on his word and Less stress. How many people don't want less stress? I want to, um, I'm going to skip over to the scripture first. In Philippians 4, 6-7. This is in the New Living. It says, don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for all he has done. Then you will experience God's peace, which exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your hearts and minds as you live in Christ. And Matthew 6, 34 says, don't worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will bring its own worries. Today's trouble is enough for today. In other words, don't focus on what's going to happen. Cast all that care, that worry, and that doubt for today's situation, and then tomorrow you deal with that situation. So I want us to do something this morning. I want everybody to stand. And at home, if, if at home, stand up too with us. Get out of that recliner. Set your iced tea or your... Pepsi or whatever it is you're drinking down. Cup of coffee, whatever. And stand up. And I want us to do this together. I want us to do two things. And, and I meant to do something that I didn't do, but that's okay. I was going to give everybody a piece of paper and make you work, write down all this stuff and wad it up. So just to pretend that you have a piece of paper. And I want you to take a, a second, a few minutes, not a few minutes, not a long time, but take a little bit of time and in your mind write down the things that might be stressing you or that you could be worrying about or that you have opportunity to worry about. And I want you to, in your mind, put that on that piece of paper. And when you get done, I want you to do this and wad it up. I've already done mine, so mine's ready to wad up. Maybe hopefully you won't have too many. So everybody is wadded up. You're widening it up. You ready? Now I want you to take it in whichever you left hand. I'm right-handed, so I'm going to take it in his hand. And I want, when I say three, I want you to fling it as hard as you can. I want you to throw all that on Jesus and let him be concerned about it. Amen? You ready? One, two, three. You know what? Jesus just caught all those things. And he said, I'm going to take care of that for you. Amen? I'm going to do that for you. I'm going to take care of it for you. And then I want us to make a challenge statement. 
And I'm going to read part of it. I'm going to read it first. Nobody don't repeat it. And then I'm going to read it a little bit at a time. And I want you to repeat it for me. It says, I will not yield to the situation or the circumstance. In other words, I'm not going to get. Un- I had um, um, uh, Philip Miles, the chairman of EFI, did a little blog thing this week. And um, he was talking about circumstances and worry. And he said, you know, he said, people say, well, I'm. You know, I, I'm under that. I'm, I'm having a child under these circumstances. And he said something, and I've said it before, but he said, what you doing under it? Get over it. Get under the power of Jesus and get over it. Get out from under that stuff. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read it, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say, you just follow me. I'm going to say it. I want you to repeat. I'm going to say it. I want you to repeat. I will not. Now you can do better than that. I want you to say it loud. I want you to let the enemy hear it and everybody else. I will not yield to the situation or the circumstance. Do it again. I will not yield to the situation or the circumstance. And I'm going to say something further. I will cast my care over on Jesus. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. You know what? God is greater. Used to be an old song. He's bigger than all my problems. He's bigger than all my fears. Amen. Used to be a little kid song that said, cast my care. Cast all my cares upon you. I lay all of my burdens down at your feet and every time I don't know what to do I will cast all my cares upon you you ought to google that and listen to that song it's a cool little song it's it's a real song so we need to learn to cast everything on him amen let's pray Father, I pray for every person within the sound of my voice this morning. And I thank you, Lord Jesus, that we learn to cast all our cares upon you. Lord, we learn to walk in victory. We learn to walk and we we learn to, to, to praise our way out of the situation and turn it all over to you. And Lord, you will give us peace when there is no peace, when there seems to be no peace. And our peace, our faith, our situation is in you. And I thank you for that. Our trust is in you. And Father, we give you all the praise, the glory, and the honor. In Jesus' name, And everybody said, amen. Hallelujah. I was going to, we have a couple of announcements. Please sign up. We're going to start.